Welcome to Chattachesis. I'm your host, Deacon Matt Hallback, PhD, and I'm also a deacon of the Diocese of Des Moines, Iowa. I'm your host of Chattachesis, a podcast series for clergy that helps them find creative and fresh ways to share the gospel message and promote missionary discipleship. This episode is brought to you by Sadler's newest catechetical series, Christ in Us and Cristo in Nosotros, which partners with families to help them play an active and meaningful role in their child's faith formation. Learn more at sadlierreligion.com forward slash CIU. Welcome back to another episode of Chattachesis. I'm your host, Deacon Matt Hallback, a deacon of the Diocese of Des Moines, Iowa. I'm also the Executive Director of Catechesis for William H. Sadlier. Today we have not just a guest, but he's become a fast friend of mine, and that's Kenneth Velasquez. He's the Senior Coordinator of Catechist Certification and Ongoing Formation in the Archdiocese of Chicago. We're going to chat with Kenneth about catechist formation, what makes for a good catechist, challenges facing catechesis today, and what's going on in the Archdiocese of Chicago as far as catechist formation is concerned. So without further ado, Kenneth, welcome to Chattachesis. Thank you, Dickumal. Thank you, everyone, uh, for uh, you know for inviting me to this podcast. My first time doing it. Oh, you're doing great so far. <laughs> Just relax, you'll do wonderful. Why don't you say a little bit about your role there in the Archdiocese, Kenneth? Sure. Um, well, I, I've been present in the Archdiocese for 18 years. You know, I came as a um, vocation for the priestly formation. Then my life turned into a parish um, employee in a couple of parishes. And then since 2014, I started working in the Catechist formation and certification at the Archdiocesan level. Mm-hmm. Now, in 2016, we, we shift the whole uh, department, and one of the changes in the Archdiocese was also changing catechist formation from the previous format to a new format that involved hybrid formation, which is online and in person formation. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been doing for the last six years um, catechist formation. Com- combining online formation with some mm-hmm. resources from Sadler, from other publisher too, and from the platform that we have from Catholic Online. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that been, you know, got a lot of fruits and also that something that is a challenge, a good challenge to, to keep thinking how to um, involve all the parishes and schools, Catholic mm-hmm. schools in this, this formation process which is mm-hmm. not necessarily a formation program because mm-hmm. for the program but it's more a process mm-hmm. well i appreciate uh the pivoting to a more hybrid format in the archdiocese it sounded like you were ahead of the curve uh having done this uh, what six years ago and and certainly doing it before covid hit uh that was good timing to to be able to support hybrid programming yes well and, and there was better supported by schools that already mm-hmm. have the structure, have the, the resources, mm-hmm. and they have, you know, the habit of doing things online. For parish catechists, was a little bit a challenge because mm-hmm. they were more used to books, to the to the sessions in person, to all these uh, classes um, in the parish uh, hall. Um, but as you said, pandemic, you know, made us think in a different way. And thank God we had this platform already. and. I have to say one of the most challenging things and beautiful challenges that I had to encounter is around four years ago, somebody asked me, would I be, would, would be considering if to have a virtual retreat, a retreat online? And I said, I don't think so. Um, then the pandem- pandemic came and somebody said, Kenneth, other 
people are doing virtual retreats. Why don't you think about it? And that's how this virtual retreats started and are staying. You know, mm -hmm. after the pandemic, we're going to continue doing virtual retreats because I think it's a good opportunity for people to to be where they want to be mm -hmm. and to find their own time to be with God. I love that. I, I liked your phrase too. Beautiful challenges. I'm going to keep that keep that tucked away and use that later. That's wonderful. Uh, I, I think that in a sense, COVID did present um, a beautiful challenge to the church and how she looks at ministry. And of all the guests that I've chatted with on this podcast since the beginning of last year, which we were in the really in the thick of things, and we still are struggling with now the Omicron variant, but uh, most of our guests said the same thing. They said COVID has, has provided an opportunity to begin to reflect and rethink uh, how we do mission and ministry. Uh, and it sounds like that's also the case in the Archdiocese of Chicago. Yes. Yeah. So we're we're trying to continue implementing more resources and more um, let's say webinars or even virtual retreats, more virtual opportunities for people, um, and even some pre-recorded, uh, because we learned through the pandemic that a lot of people were signing, um, registering for some events, but all of a sudden they were not able to participate and they were asking for the recordings, mm -hmm. and that's how we decided to also even have retreats that were kind of pre-recorded and people can participate on their own time. You know, mm -hmm. that's what we call these retreats, finding God on your own time, which is another way to support or to, to reach out to people who is not necessarily church goers or people who is involved in parish life. So we're trying to reach out to everyone um, that we can. Wonderful. Um, that's actually a really nice segue into our first topic. So why don't we tackle it? And that is, what do you see as the key challenges to catechesis and evangelization today? Uh, I think one of them we kind of touched on already with the pandemic and how we do ministry today has changed and necessarily so. But what other challenges do you see out there facing catechesis today, Kenneth? Well, I think one of the catechesis for, for, for parish catechists, for those who are instructing in the ministry, mm -hmm. uh, one of the challenges that they are um, kind of following the, the format that we used before, which is receiving information, receiving doctrine, and memorize it or try to learn as much as possible and then go receive the sacraments and goodbye. Um, and I think what Pope Francis in, um, in his term is, is, is challenging us to think is how to be more human in our ministry, how to be more uh, closer, more connected to people in our ministry. And I think one of the challenges that if you take a book away from the hands of the catechist, what do you leave them to do or to say? Um, and it's something kind of the challenge for catechists, even in the catechetical process that we have, you know, they're asking for resources to teach. And I said, no, um, my suggestion, my challenge to you is learn about your faith, mm -hmm. grow in your own faith, and the fruit of your faith are going to be what you share with others. You're sharing the fruit of your faith. You, you get to know Jesus in your own personal life. You bring Jesus to your home. Jesus stays with you in your house, with your family. And among that conversation with Jesus present, you go outside and use the same language to other, with other people. Yeah, I, I really like that. Um, if I can jump in here on the idea of um, not just imparting information, but uh, being human. And, and I would add just being a disciple. And I think that's a huge challenge uh, for catechists today, which is how do they live out their discipleship 
in the classroom or online or wherever they're catechizing. You know, as the directory gave us a new phrase now, uh, casual catechesis. So wherever it's taking place, how how can we live out our discipleship? And part of that is uh, how do we share our humanness? You know, we talk about in formation uh, to be a priest or a deacon. Um, and I know you were in seminary at one time and we might get to that in just a bit, but there's an aspect of human formation and, and there's a reason for that. And it's how, how can we better relate to people? And, and to add one little clause to that, how can we better relate to people in the way we share our faith? And, and as you said, if you take away the textbook, that's a huge challenge to catechists. So, so what, what can we do or what what can we how can we support catechists to begin to pivot uh, and begin to share their humanness their discipleship in the classroom or online any thoughts yeah so uh, what we're thinking and something that we're trying to implement in the catechist formation is number one to keep the doctrine but present it in a way that is related to human experience mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, if you talk about a scripture, if you talk about, you know, divine revelation, we're talking about communication. And we can relate that to how we communicate with our loved ones and with strangers, you know, the different language that we use. So we, we can connect the human experience through the formation process. So they are not learning something new. They are just relating something that they already know with what they do. So and I think that would be one of the, the good experiences to have when catechists feel that what they are receiving in the formation is not necessarily something new, something that they already know, but they didn't know how to connect it to their own life. And again, that notion of connectedness and, and a big, big word that we've been using for, for some time now, accompaniment, is so critical now uh, more than ever, I mean, we mentioned the pandemic, but before COVID hit, what's been hitting the church every year for decades is how many Catholics we've been losing every year. I think the ratio is still six to one. For every one that gets baptized, we lose six. And and what's interesting about the six we lose, some of them do become what are called NONES nuns. So they're spiritual, but not religious. But more often than not, the people who leave end up in evangelical or non-denominational communities where the focus is primarily on building community and building community around the word and celebration of Jesus Christ. Do you think we have something to learn there? Yes, and actually there are some other um, studies that also in terms of my area, which is catechesis, something that I also tell catechists to, to think about is how do we present Jesus? How do we present God to our children and their families? Is the God that we learned probably in the 40s or the 50s where God is the punisher, the God is gonna save the good ones and the bad ones are going to hell. What are we presenting? What is the kind of catechesis that we presented now? With more challenges, with more openness to information? Because you, you kids are gonna challenge you, they Google it. And they said, no, you're wrong. So how do we really present Jesus in a way that is showing his love and mercy to everyone? And God is present even in the most difficult times and in the good times. So catechists can say that what they are teaching is not necessarily something that they learn from the old catechism, but it's something that is present today in their own lives. And they know how this 
is telling everyone that we're a community, that we care for each other, and we are connected in, in so many ways. Mm -hmm. So the, the role of the parish is just the center of this encounter with mm -hmm. one another, being Jesus at the, the center of that encounter. Um, That's right. That's right. And the, and the home also is becoming a more critical center uh, for encounter. I, want, I think what we're talking about, and, and I love how we're talking about it, is we're talking about the mystery of the incarnation, how, how God became man. And we're trying to imitate that in our own way. You know, the imitation of Christ, Thomas Kempis. we're trying to imitate that incarnation in our own way. In other words, how's the faith incarnated in our own lives? And then are we capable of sharing that with others? Uh, I, I really think you're touching on something so important for everyone to hear who's involved in catechesis, which is the entire church. Um, but we're not just sharing information. We're sharing uh, incarnated uh, mystery, to be honest. And and how do we do that? And I think we're, we're, we're discovering it bit by bit. And Pope Francis has certainly led the way. And, and I read to catechists when I have the chance to be present in some events, the parish catechist formation run by the parish is in different moments, Pope Francis is asking catechists, number one, to teach in the classroom with the Bible in their hands. So feel comfortable using the, the scripture. Now, another thing that Pope Francis says is, don't have a funeral face, a smile, you know, be genuine. Be, <laughs> yeah. Tell kids that it, God is, is a friend, is not, right. you know, it, God is not upset. Right. So that's something that we kind of, you know, we're challenging catechists, smile, you know, be yeah. creative, do things <laughs> that, you know, tell a joke. Is that right. okay? Sure, why not? Yeah, no, I love that. I, when uh, the joy of the gospel came out and I read Francis asking uh, that there be no more sour pusses in the church. I laughed so hard and I'm like, finally, yes, one, he's speaking in very plain, easy to understand language, but he's making a very profound point. And it's a point that gets made in children's nursery rhymes, which is if you're happy and you know it, then your face will surely show it. And mm -hmm. if we're if we're happy or joyful about the gospel in our lives, it's going to diffuse itself or express that that itself in in joyful terms um let's move on i could talk about the incarnational catechesis for a long time uh let's move on to the next topic though so specifically in the archdiocese how are catechists being formed and and what qualities are you looking for uh when forming catechists what what are qualities of an effective catechist well well i think well i mentioned briefly some some of those um elements but to be clear, I think that catechists need to be people who already have an encounter with Christ and they acknowledge that encounter. Um, when I when we go in the formation process with catechists, we teach them about the spirituality of the catechists. So they need to understand their own spirituality, how they pray, how they relate to God, how they if they find time to spend time with God, you know, their own time at home with, the, with scripture or, you know, I don't know, meditation. Um, another element is how much they know about the doctrine of the church. That's why we provide some theological foundations, briefly foundations in the in um, doctrine of the church. And we also have some ministerial skills that they need to learn. Um, one day I was in the classroom and one priest was teaching in one of the classes, confirmation first year, 
And the pastor asked me to go to the classroom and hand some papers to, to children. And on my way in, I just put in the papers in the desk for every child. And the pastor and the priest had Thomas Aquinas writing in the, in the board. What so age was this? What, what, what grade was this? Um, sixth grade, I would oh. say. So his sixth graders were just watching an adult writing about Thomas Aquinas in a, in a, in a board. And for sure, they were clueless. I was clueless at the time. <laughs> and it's like, really? So, yeah. okay. You know, that's something that we, we say, you need to learn in the skills of catechists to be effective catechist. You need to learn about your audience before mm. you start teaching. Because yeah. you, you don't only know about what age they are, but also where they're coming from. What are the family situation? What are the, 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 the moments in their lives that they said, well, maybe, well, God was not present in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm just about to learn about God for the first time. Mm-hmm. So different situations. I think I was, um, I'm pointing to catechists in the ministerial components, especially that they need to be extremely sensitive and extremely um, uh, supportive of their situation. Absolutely. And, and we it put very simply, it's called reading a room. And, uh, and I think part of that has to do with human formation, but it also has to deal with uh, pedagogy and ha- the creativity that hopefully we can muster and bring into the classroom or online. I mean, Thomas Aquinas can, you know, the, the principles and the truths that he ponders and reflects upon and articulates uh, can be shared at all different age groups, but they have to be shared in a way that makes sense or is appropriate. And, and for, so for example, I, I wouldn't, if someone had an interest in, in Catholic philosophy or theology, I wouldn't just give them a five volume summa, uh, from Thomas Aquinas and say, read it, enjoy it. Um, someone who I think's kind of digested Thomas really well, uh, for, for the masses is Bishop Barron. Uh, and he has a wonderful book um, that kind of focuses on the spirituality of St. Thomas and, and weaves that in together with his theology. That's the mentality of someone who's thinking about his audience. And if you want to write for, uh, if you want to make Thomas accessible to everybody, you would not give them the five volume summa. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, speaking about Bishop Barron, he was my professor at that seminary. Oh, was he? Fantastic. Oh my gosh, small world. Um, let's move on to another question. As I said before we recorded, the time flies and, and we're doing fine, but I wanna make sure we hit these last two. So you don't just um, facilitate or coordinate instruction for catechists or formation for catechists, you're also a catechist yourself. Um, it, as a catechist and looking how formation currently happens, is there anything you would change about it? Or is there something that needs to be added to it, um, either in, the, in your diocese or you'd want to see this change everywhere? Uh, is there anything like that that you would change about catechist formation from your own experience? Well, first, my experience as child receiving catechist formation was extremely joyful. I, I learned from the solutions to, in the, in the patio where you have, you know, um, where you play is the same space that you can learn about God. Mm-hmm. So that was my own experience in, in my in my school patio um, long, many years ago. Now, when I came to the United States and I learned that the classes are done and instructed in these school classrooms, in these school setting classrooms, 
um, I, I kind of challenge myself to, to think, are these kids really connecting that mm -hmm. they are on Saturday or on a weekday evening in a different moment in their lives? Or they're just thinking, oh, my classroom, I'm a place that probably I, won't, I don't like that much for the whole week. And they have to come back for another hour and a half or two hours. So one thing that I said to my own students this year, I said, well, number one, this is smell like a classroom, looks like a classroom, but it's not a classroom. Ah. This is a totally separate space. So something that somebody said many years ago, this school in catechesis, um, to have this in a circle where mm -hmm. they, they see each other. It's not mm -hmm. like they are, they have to write something. You mm -hmm. don't need to write. And I said to my students, Two rules. You, if you don't want to say anything, you are free to, to remain silent for the whole class, but you need to think. Listen and think all the time. That's my only request for you. Mm -hmm. And they listen and they pay attention. And sometimes when they want to, um, they, they express their opinions. But what I learned is when they open their mouth and they, they talk, they really they really prove that they are really connected to the to the teaching, and they're yeah. expressing that in our lives. Yeah, uh, that's 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 a terrific. I love that idea of the circle. It looks like a classroom, smells like a classroom, but it isn't. Uh, it's almost transubstantiated. <laughs> looks like wine, smells like wine, but it isn't. What's happening here isn't uh, math. What's happening here is because we're gathered in his name, Jesus is present. That that shifts the entire paradigm of what we're doing. I wanna to touch on one word that I that I kind of extracted out of what you said, and that's empathy. Um, I think it sounds, what I'm hearing you say is to be a good catechist today requires a healthy dose of empathy, to really put yourself in the shoes of the people you're catechizing and allow that to kind of lead your instruction and your prerogatives and your, and your, your priorities as well. Um, you shared a story with me before recording about a couple wanting to be baptized, uh, wanting to baptize their child. And uh, I thought it was a terrific story that captured empathy as a theme. Would you mind sharing that? Um, it was many years ago when I was in the parish, um, working um, next to the secretary in the office. And this couple came to the office wanted to baptize their child. And the secretary just gave him a bunch of forms and a lot of requirements. And I said, come back with the forms filled. And I just happened to open the door for them, um, saying goodbye, come back soon. And they were just talking about themselves and saying, this is more forms and requirements than in my own jobs, the guy said. <laughs> and I, I didn't feel that I wanted to live in that way. So I said, can I walk with you to your car? And I started asking them, you know, what mm -hmm. what makes you, you know, think that you want to belong to this community? Mm -hmm. And they said, what do I need to belong? I said, well, in the forum said that you need to be registered and this is in a way inviting you to be part of the community. Because when you baptize your child, you're, you're presenting your child to the community. You want to say yes to the community of uh, believers in this particular local church, uh, but also think that, you know, the church becomes the extension of your home, of your family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this community is going to pray for you. Uh, you're willing to or you want to really be part of this community. And they said, well, I didn't think about this. I said, well, think about that because you're bringing your child to this community. Um, you need to be 
clear what you want for the best for your child. And I said, don't fill the forms, come to mass on Sunday and think about it at the end of the mass. Mm-hmm. I will be close to you during mass. I'll, I'll look for you. And oh, I look for them at that mass yeah. and sit next to them and the other mass, I'm like, well, how do you like it? And I said, yes, I like this community. I like this, this parish. Um, so they fill the forms and they baptize yeah. the child and they start coming to the parish. Yeah. Um, so it's something that, you know, we need to see the what we're presenting to the, the, the face that we're presenting of the church. Yes. It's a church of forms. It's a church of, you oh. know. I love that. Is this a church of forms? I love that. I mean, we have to have forms. We have to have structures and protocols. And and you acknowledge that. But I love that question. Is this a church of forms? No, this is a church of formation. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just got so excited, Kenneth. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it's, it's, it's something, you know, different moments in, in, in parish life. I learned that yeah. Yeah. we need to be where we're representing Christ. Mm-hmm. For those who are doing ministry or we're working, you know, mm-hmm. salary uh, employees, we are representing a huge, a huge organization that is not only providing services, it's, a, it's an organization that changes lives, yes. saves lives. Yes. I love to, what, I also love that story because, you know, what you presented to that couple differed greatly from what the parish administrator or, you know, the uh, parish assistant presented in terms of forms to fill out and register. You presented a profound, I mean, and very profound catechesis about what it means to baptize your child. And that now not only your child, but you both have a, a connection with this community. And that comes with responsibilities on both parts, uh, yours and the community's. That's so much deeper. And and to deal with all of that depth, you just intuitively knew I've got to accompany them. I'm putting that word in here for you. Uh, maybe you didn't think in that term at that time or whatever, but that's how I read the story. You were looking for them at mass. You You were trying to let them know you were there to kind of help them. So. What a terrific story to kind of encapsulate what we're talking about. I want to jump now to the fourth and final question, uh, which is uh, future focused. Um, how do you so just a little bit of background for the listeners, uh, and I'll let you explain it in more detail than me. But the Archdiocese of Chicago has been going through a, a renewal process uh, called Renew My Church. Um, and I think that that has dovetailed quite nicely into the synodal process now that the church is in everywhere uh, and trying to become a more synodal church and certainly in preparation for the uh, synod in 2023. How have you seen the Renew My Church process? First, tell us a little bit about it. And then have you seen that impact catechesis? If so, how? And then how are you hoping or how do you imagine the synod is going to impact catechesis in the future? Well, um, I would say that Renew My Church is, it's not a renewal process, but it is based on discernment. And a discernment that needs to happen in these current times where the church dynamic is different from the time that we were establishing churches in Chicago. Like in the United States, national churches were built in the 40s, in the 30s, when they brought, you know, Polish community brought their own pastor from Poland and their own sisters to support the community, to serve the community. And four blocks from that church, you have the Italian church, you know, serving their own Italian community. So now this 
communities are no longer concentrated in one area with one mm -hmm. parish. Mm -hmm. uh, but you see a good number of churches who are very close in distance mm -hmm. and not necessarily working together mm -hmm. in the same, you know, evangelization purposes. So one of the discernments that is happening in Runema Church is how can we make these communities stronger, more, more vibrant, and to be more effective in the, in the mission of serving as a church? So in this um, discernment, there are some parishes that will be merged, becoming a new community. Um, the way that the um, finances and the structure of the parishes are going to be functioning has to be more efficient. Um, and we also have to have communities and, I'm sorry, um, the staff that serves the community more efficiently too. You know, mm -hmm. like example with the secretary just providing the forms mm -hmm. in Ronema Church, everybody in the staff will have, will be formed in evangelization. Mm -hmm. So even from the moment that you answer the phone, you are evangelizing, mm -hmm. you are welcoming people, mm -hmm. you are opening the door. Uh, what I did with the couple going, you know, look for them at mass, there's a welcoming ministry now being implemented in the parishes. So, so that is already happening. And that's something that Brunema Church and the Synod is, is, is bringing to our conversation that we are all responsible. It's not only the responsibility of the pastor and the ordained ministers in the parish, it's everyone. Mm -hmm. Every mm -hmm. single person has a role and a gift in the parish. And that's something that we need to be mindful um, something that is already happening. Uh, so very much just already bringing some fruits and some parishes are working wonderful um, as a new community in, in different um, places. And I think that's something that we as, um, as we continue learning and, and, and reading more about the Senate is how the, the lay people are gonna be more involved in the responsibilities of the parish. They, they have to be more involved. Um, there's no way. Uh, and it's not just because of necessity or a numbers crisis or, you know, lack of human resources. It's because of it's because of Christ. It's because of faith. It's because of our theology. It's because of the sacrament of baptism that they need to be more involved. Uh, and the more that the church fully expresses and shares itself, the healthier it gets. Uh, and, and, and to your point, it's not just about ordained people doing things, although that's important. It's about the church together uh, doing what it should do to make Christ present uh, among us. I want to thank you so much for your time. As I said, it would fly, and it sure did. Um, we've covered a lot of ground about what's going on in, in the archdiocese with regards to catechist formation and certification, and we've chatted a little bit about expectations for uh, the archdiocesan discernment of Renew My Church, and who knows, maybe the, the synod will really make an impact on the church such that we all feel that co-responsibility, that, that uh, desire to really get more involved identify the gifts God's given us and share them freely. Uh, so Kenneth, first of all, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for inviting me. And then as I always do with our guests, I ask them to close the show out with prayer. So would you mind offering a prayer for our listeners? Sure, I'll do. Uh, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. God of wisdom, God of hope, God of love, we give you thanks for the wonderful time that we spent together today. And as you continue challenges, challenging us 
to spread your word, to share your good news. Help us to continue smiling in good times and difficult times, to continue sharing the, the great news with excitement and joy that you are alive and you're present in our lives every single day, especially in the moments that are hard. The hearted. And we ask you to continue blessing our families, bless Deacon Matt and his community of, of uh, followers, and continue blessing every single person in this country and in your church. Amen. Thank you so much. This has been another episode of Chattachesis. I'm your host, Deacon Matt Hallback. I look forward to chatting with you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Chattachesis. Head over to sadlyreligion.com forward slash podcast to hear more. And don't forget to request your sample and trial of Christ in Us and our bilingual edition, Cristo in Nosotros, at sadlyreligion.com forward slash CIU.